Welcome to Silver Shades Podcast, created by Ogden House Senior Center. My name is Erika Rodriguez, and I will be your host in this weekly podcast created especially for you. On this podcast, we will discuss topics of importance to seniors and the community in general. We will also share stories and connect with other seniors in the city. Silver Shades will be released every Thursday at 3 p.m. with a new episode and a new special guest joining the show. Rosalind Carter, the former First Lady in the United States, said it first and she said it best. There are only four kinds of people in this world. Those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregivers. Welcome to Silver Shades podcast. In today's episode, we will have another conversation with the Jewish Family Service Calgary in this occasion to talk about the caregiver support program. We will talk with Samantha. Samantha is a registered social worker with Jewish Family Service Calgary. Samantha obtained her Master of Social Work from the University of Toronto, where she focused her studies and practice on seniors and their caregivers. Beyond her practice, Samantha has published research and other literary contributions in the area of seniors' mental health and age-friendly cities. Samantha's passion for supporting seniors and their caregivers stems from her personal experience with family caregiving and dementia care. Samantha joins us today in the Silver Shades podcast to share the Jewish Family Service Calgary new caregiver support program. Samantha, welcome to Silver Shades. Thank you, Erica. I'm very happy to be here. JFSC is an accredited nonprofit social service agency, and we provide social services to individuals and families across their lifespan, and we're here for people of all faiths and cultures. Many of our programs do support seniors, whether it's help with financial budgeting, to reduce isolation and encourage community participation, and we also support seniors who are experiencing memory loss, uh, or dementia, or have concerns with mental health and addictions. Today, I'm here to talk about our caregiver support program and what types of supports we can offer caregivers. I'm really excited about this new program because we approach caregiver support in a really holistic way by blending uh, resource navigation and education, peer support, as well as professional support. Our program is really unique because our support is accessible by caregivers of all seniors. Recognizing that the likelihood of having more than one medical condition increases as we age. So for example, someone might experience dementia, but also depression at the same time. And so it's really important that we provide inclusive support so that caregivers can see themselves represented in our program. Now, would you mention inclusion is something really important. And I think we mentioned this in a, in a different other podcast when we talk with the Jewish Family Service Calgary. But I want to just clarify because I think it's very important. You don't need to be Jewish to access this program, right, Samantha? 
That's right. We are non-denominational, and so we work with people of all faiths and cultures across the city of Calgary. For more information, we have two previous podcasts with you, and uh, listeners can also find us on our website at jfsc.org or give us a call at 403-287-3510. Now, Samantha, there are a lot of talk about caregivers and caregivers program and a lot of organizations actually uh, nowadays that they offer a, a caregiver services. Who do you consider that is a caregiver or to be a caregiver? That's a great question. And it is so important to start our conversation by defining who a caregiver is. I love Rosalind Carter's quote because it really highlights to me that if we haven't already been there, chances are that caregiving will be part of our lives. And most people will find themselves in this critical role with no training or preparation for that role. For this podcast, we're focusing on unpaid caregivers, so people who are not professionals and rather are unpaid helpers providing consistent care to a senior that might be coping with chronic illness, mental illness, physical disabilities, or age-related concerns. Caregivers can be a spouse or partner, a friend, a child, a relative, a neighbor, and they may or may not even reside in the same city or province or country as the person they're caring for. And when I talk about providing care, uh, it can be quite broad. So it can include helping with the physical care of their person. So things like showering or getting dressed. I can also be there, being there for emotional or mental health support, being an advocate for your person, providing behavioral support, so responding to hallucinations, which is a common symptom of Lewy body dementia, or helping your person in managing their day-to-day activities, like scheduling appointments, getting them to those appointments, helping them through those appointments, preparing meals. And it's interesting and important to mention that many caregivers don't initially see themselves as caregivers unless they really stop and think about it. So some people see their caregiving as just part of their role as a spouse or child. And they may be quick to say that although they dedicate a lot of their time to help out, their challenges are not as bad or not as intense as what other people must be dealing with. I think it's really important for people to realize that by understanding your role as a caregiver, and when you can really lean into your caregiver identity, you can begin to explore the range of support that's available to you, including how to nurture your roles, both as a spouse, child, friend, and also as a caregiver. You know, when you're talking about, it comes to my mind a lot of things because I was, before that question, I was just thinking, well, caregiver is someone that might have a certificate or a diploma or a, a special professional training, you know, to do that role. But when you talk about that caregiver is anybody that provides support and care for someone, and then you say, well, then I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a caregiver myself. What, what should they do? You know, what would the people will think like the same right now? Because you know, even in a different context, like I was talking to you before, you know, off record, uh, my mom would 
who I lost recently, you know, you are caregiver, even when you're not in the same country and sometimes you travel there and you provide care for them because they can't do it on their own anymore. So mm-hmm. you become a caregiver. So a lot of people, they probably thinking the same question right now. What, what, what they do in this case, Amanda? Yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. And if you're listening to this and you're having that realization, oh, I, I think I am a caregiver, I really encourage you to reach out to us at JFSC so that we can connect you to support and help you in this fulfilling but also sometimes challenging role. And I also really encourage you to talk to your the health professionals in your life, uh, even if that's your, your general practitioner doctor, and let them know of your situation so that they can support you as well. Now, your caregiver support program was launched at the beginning of this year. So why did you design a, this particular program to, to provide support for the caregivers and what type of support there is in that program? Uh, We've been supporting seniors across our programs for decades. And so we've had many senior clients who are cared for by their families and friends. Over the years, we've seen a real growing need for caregiver support. And we continue to see individuals who fall into their caregiving role who are unaware of the resources and support that are available to them. At times, these individuals, they feel tired, they feel isolated, they feel they can't talk to their friends about what they're really going through. And so we thought a specific program for caregivers, providing both group education and peer support, as well as individual counseling, would be a great benefit to this group. Now, I'm pretty sure with the with all the COVID, when everything started with COVID-19, the lives of everybody changed. Uh, we have some loss in our life. We have some uh, challenges to adapt to the new normal, as they call it. Um, I'm thinking how this uh, pandemic has affected the caregivers. Mm. Yes, and the pandemic has made things really difficult for so many people caregivers included. Since the beginning of the pandemic, many community supports have either closed or become inaccessible. Um, In our healthcare system, surgeries were delayed. Family members and friends that have come forward to help their isolated loved ones is definitely a trend we've seen in in the pandemic. For some, this has been their first time stepping into the caregiver role. And for others who had already been caregiving, their role was stretched. And we've seen that both groups have had a really difficult course of the pandemic. Now, when we talk about caregivers that anybody becomes or is actually a caregiver when you're caring for someone or providing uh, uh, some different types of support. Um, Who are the people uh, that can access to this caregiver uh, program that you guys are offering? We support spouses, partners, children, friends, neighbors, however you identify yourself. If you're caring for a senior who may require care because of a diagnosis like Alzheimer's disease or cancer, or may need additional care due to age-related concerns, which could include reduced mobility. Even outside of pandemic times, we're seeing an increasing demand for family caregivers. Uh, due to global population aging 
And with that comes the need to support caregivers. Caregivers aren't paid for their time and they often pay out of their own pocket for additional supports for their person. Caregivers themselves can be at a significantly higher risk for physical health and mental health concerns because it can be such a stressful role to take on. Being a caregiver isn't a role most people plan on doing. Building and utilizing a solid support network with both professional and natural supports and practicing self-care can provide a great foundation for being able to explore the rewarding aspects of caregiving. Um, very well said, Amanda. One of the things they need support to provide that role, to be able to do the best for the person they're caring. You mentioned when they're caring for seniors. What about if someone is caring, let's say, uh, for an adult that is not exactly a senior, but it's someone with the challenge or with disabilities, is that considered as well someone that can access to your program or has to be someone that is used particularly caring for seniors? Yeah, great question. For our caregiver support program, we're supporting uh, caregivers of seniors and we define that as someone who's 55 years of age or older. That being said, if you are identifying as a caregiver and maybe the person you're caring for isn't within that age group, please still do reach out to us and, and we can chat with you to see how we could support you. We also have our family enrichment program that can capture um, younger caregivers caring for younger adults or, or children. And so likely we do have the right support for you at JFSC, so please do give us a call. Thank you, Samantha. Now, what type of challenges can caregivers or caregivers experience in, in the role? Yeah, and before I talk about the challenges that caregivers face, I would like to emphasize that caregiver roles can be extremely rewarding. We can find great purpose in caring for someone we love and how we go about our caregiving. Uh, humor and laughter can really inject hope and joy into our lives, as well as the lives of the people we care for. But yes, caregiving can pose challenges and the role can have significant impacts on our family and, and relationship dynamics. Caregiving often requires a physical component and it can also be really challenging to navigate resources in our healthcare system. So you could be helping someone with bathing or wound dressing, uh, administering medication, those uh, many appointments that happen, uh, staying up with your person throughout the night when they're in pain or feeling disoriented, responding to hallucinations and delusions in dementia care. These responsibilities are physically exhausting. Unless you have a medical background, do you necessarily know how to care for wounds or how to respond to hallucinations? And if you do have a medical background or a social work background in the field, you have probably noticed how your skills and your bedside table manner change when you're helping family or friends. And that's simply due to the emotional impact of caregiving. Now, you mentioned something very important. This caregiving role implies in a lot of times physical work 
um, you know, like when you're dating someone or trying to change or feed someone that is having a difficult situation. Um, the physical work that is associated with the caregiving. Um, now, what about the emotional aspect of the caregiver that goes through this? What was happening in that area for them? And when we're physically exhausted, and that can look like actually helping someone with showering or being up with them throughout the night on the phone, um, when we're physically exhausted, our capacity to nurture our own emotional well-being as well as to maintain our healthy relationships, it changes. It can be also really emotionally exhausting to support a loved one who is unwell and to see them in declining health. We can feel grief, anger, guilt, and loneliness. These are very common emotions among caregivers. For example, if your care partner has dementia, like Alzheimer's disease, you might feel an overwhelming sense of grief because although they're still physically with you, uh, cognitively and behaviorally, they're changing. And that can be a huge loss to both the caregiver as well as the care partner. Anger and caregiving can look like, why is this happening to us? Or why are my siblings not helping with mom the way I would like them to? Guilt is another common caregiver emotion. As difficult as it can be to go through the day-to-day -day demands of being a caregiver, um, some people can experience guilt when they need to take a break or they need to take some time away from their care partner to care for their own needs, even if it's to get to their own doctor's appointment. And so as a result, your own needs might fall last because you feel you need to uphold your responsibilities and vow to care for your loved one. Anger, uh, grief and guilt, these are great ingredients for loneliness and isolation. You may not want to burden your friends. You may feel that no one could possibly understand what you're going through, or you may feel you don't have enough time to engage with life the way you used to. Those implications of your care partner's health concerns can be really isolating as well. Dementia can bring behavioral changes that can be embarrassing for caregivers to navigate in front of their friends and family. On the other hand, the physical impact of chemotherapy can significantly change your care partner's social energy. This sounds really, really familiar when you have been a caregiver or are currently a caregiver for someone. Um, you know, all these emotions, like you mentioned, Samantha, grief, uh, anger, why me, why us, why this is happening? You know, I didn't do anything wrong or what I did wrong. All of these things come to, come to you and of course take a toll in your, in your well-being and your emotional uh, in physical you know, state, um, what they should do or what signs people should be aware of the caregiving people um, to recognize, okay, this is the time when I need support as well before I collapse myself and then I cannot provide any more care for, for the person I'm caring for. That's a great question. And people manage their stress levels differently. 
but caregivers do need to be aware of two terms. One is caregiver stress and the other is caregiver burden. Signs of caregiver stress can include your own declining health. So are you starting to get colds more often and feeling unwell? Are you experiencing a lack of energy throughout the day, but also sleeplessness when you go to bed at night? Um, another sign can be a withdrawal from your social interactions or from your typical activities that you would love to engage in. When caregiver stress is unaddressed, it can build into a caregiver burden, which is a physical, emotional, and mental complete exhaustion from the job. And this can be very dangerous for not only the caregiver, but also the person that they're caring for. That is a lot of uh, responsibilities and a heavy load for a caregiver person and so many emotions to deal with, so many physical probably uh, situations that they and the others are dealing, you know, themselves, plus the responsibility of caring for someone. Uh, what kind of support should they be looking for? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking they must be looking for some kind of support and they must address and accept that they need a support. Sometimes when you're caring for someone, you say, no, I can't, you know, I don't have the right to get sick. I know because I say that all the time. I'm caring for my husband or for my kids. And I don't have the right to get sick. This is not me. I can't. But it happens. You know, you get exhausted. You have too many things going on. Eventually, you have to accept that you need to support yourself. What kind of support people should be looking for? Mm. Yeah, life does catch up with you quite quickly, huh? And if you find yourself in the caregiver role that you didn't necessarily prepare for, you can really benefit from learning more about the health issues you're supporting your person through. For example, if it's Alzheimer's disease, by learning more about the disease, you can begin to link your person's behavioral changes as a result of the disease, which can help you cope with frustration and maintain understanding and empathy for what your care partner is dealing with. Learning more also helps you prepare for what is ahead and to find strategies that are tried and tested and to learn about resources and supports that might be available to you and how you might access them. You can also benefit from therapeutic support around caregiver stress, grief, anger, and guilt, understanding family dynamics, as well as how to nurture coping strategies and self-care. Most importantly, you need to know that you're not alone and connecting with other caregivers over shared experiences can also offer great benefits to you. Thank you so much, Samantha, for sharing that. And like I say, it's very important for people. You have to understand that in some point in your life, you're a caregiver, not because you have a diploma or a certificate on the wall saying that you are, but because you're actually caring for someone or eventually will care for someone. So, that is so great that the U.S. Family Service Calgary has a particular program um, to support caregivers. So tell us about this program and what types of um, services or, or areas this program offer. 
Sure. And when we were developing this program, we felt it was very important for caregivers to receive that blend of emotion of uh, professional as well as peer support, whether that's uh, emotional support or help with resources and information. And our overall goals are to promote healing, resiliency and self empowerment for our caregivers. We have group sessions as well as individual counseling that covers topics like aging and memory, dementia such as Alzheimer's disease, chronic illness, coping and self-care strategies, grief and loss, resiliency, and much more. Our groups offer a combination of that professional support, resource navigation, and that peer support. The great thing about that is that you can learn from other caregivers and also share your own strategies and resources that you've tried. We offer three different support options. So caregivers can choose what type of support or um, multiple supports that will work best for them. The first is our Caring Together Education and Support Group. This group runs for about four months and there are one and a half hour sessions twice a month. Caring Together offers specialized memory loss and dementia group work with a focus on dementia education, strengthening coping, coping strategies and emotional support. Our second type of caregiver support is through our caregiver discussions group which are drop-in sessions offered once a month. These are more general sessions and we focus on practical caregiving strategies, resource navigation, and caregiver self-care. In the fall, we're going to explore topics like navigating the holidays and creating a care plan. And our third option is in the form of individual counseling support, where we work with caregivers to explore options, find solutions, develop coping strategies, and find information. And these services are quite unique to JFSC. We're one of the few agencies in the city that offers these types of supports. Now, are these with the pandemic, Samantha, these services being offered in person, or you have the option to do a virtual online classes or program? Yeah, great question. Right now, we are still sticking with our COVID-19 restrictions. And so all support for the time being is delivered uh, virtually, either through Zoom or by phone. Perfect. Now, this sounds like a really broad and, and, and amazing um, help and program that you guys are offering. The, the first thing that comes to my mind, how much did it cost? Is that a lot of our people, especially caregivers, because exactly they can't afford to have another caregiver, so they have to care for their loved ones on their own, are in a limited budget. Is there a, is there a cost and how much for this program? There is no charge for these supports. It is free. And that's because we understand that caregivers in this role can be stretched financially as well as emotionally. And ultimately, our goal is just to get them the, the support they need with as little barriers as possible. Now, that is a great thing that you guys are doing. Offering this kind of professional support is amazing, but not only that, offering for free, I think is wow, <laughs> you know, a great opportunity for people. Now, we, don't, we have to be fair too. So 
I know it's, it's, it's free and it's great for everybody that is listening to this podcast. You guys can access these helpful resources and programs which will change your life as a caregiver or as a, someone that is just dealing with a difficult situation. And you have the Jewish Family Service to thank for. Um, but let's say someone wants to give a donation to this program or to any other of your activities. Can they do so, Samantha, and how? Absolutely. We do accept donations and um, individuals who would like to donate can call us or, or visit our website and we'll happily accept any donations. Okay, great. That's important because I mean, it's, it's great that it's free, but if we have a little extra that we can provide when we're receiving this program, that would be great, you know, so you guys can continue spreading this program uh, to more people. Uh, now, who is eligible to participate in this program? Yeah, these programs are typically available to anyone who identifies as an unpaid caregiver to a senior 55 years of age or older. But again, if you are not sure if you fit into that category, but you are interested in support, please do reach out to us. If um, this program won't be the best fit for you, we likely have another program that will. And uh, ultimately, we're here to get you the support that you need. So please do reach out to us. Now, what about people, like, let's say, because they are a caregiver, most time of the caregiver situations can be 24-7 and they're tired and they have their own works or something. What happens for people that it's been uh, hard for them to go to attend a session uh, for this program, how they can access or what you can recommend for them. Yeah, we do recognize that this can be really difficult for caregivers. And so we try to offer really flexible options. Uh, we will be adding an evening session for our Caring Together education and support group. Um, but we also know that by attending groups or counseling, caregivers are engaging in self-care by carving out that bit of time for themselves. Getting out of the house or getting into another room with the door shut on Zoom is so important for your own well-being. That's true, totally true. You need that self-care yourself before you can care for someone else. Mm -hmm. um, Samantha, it's just a lot of information and great, great programs that you guys offer in, in, in you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of the people that are going to listen to this podcast, I'm going to say, wow, I'm a caregiver and I didn't know and I need support myself and I can address all these emotions because now I have people in the other side that can help me and I have an organization that created a program especially for me, you know, to, to care for me and help me how to care for the loved ones. Um, how people can reach Samantha uh, to the Jewish Family Service Calgary, to the Caregiver Support Program. Well, thank you for your kind words and for uh, your listeners, please call us at our main office line, which is 403-287-3510. And we're happy to chat with you to hear what's going on and connect you with the right support. And it's very important. You have to accept your caregiver and it's nothing wrong with that. It's an amazing role, I think. Uh, in regard to knowing that even if you don't get paid for, but you are caring for someone, you're making a difference in someone's lives. And if you can get this, uh, this help, you know, like the programs that the Jewish Family Service Calgary offer to 
to be better at what you're doing and to support yourself at the same time that you're supporting someone that you're caring for is an amazing opportunity that I think we all should take and learn from it, you know, and get better on what we do or what we can do in the future. Um, any additional comments, Samantha? It's been so great to have you in this podcast. I'm pretty sure that we will have more questions than after the podcast. If anybody wants to reach to Samantha or to Open House Senior Centers, we can definitely get any questions and we can refer you to them. Um, anything that you want to add, Samantha? Sure. I think I'd like to end with you know, caregiving can feel really lonely at times. However, it's not meant to be done alone. A line we often use in our program is alone we are strong, but together we are stronger. If you're a caregiver or you've learned today that you're a caregiver, please reach out to us and together we will explore your options and get you the support you need. Thank you so much, Samantha. It has been a pleasure to getting to know you and to know more about the Jewish Family Service Calgary and Caregiving Support Program. I think it's a great opportunity. I, I hope that a lot of people can listen to and take advantage of it and reach out to you to get this help. And I'm pretty sure we can um, continue working together in another podcast to provide more information for people. They're not alone. You guys can get help. We all can get help. The Jewish Family Service Calgary has a lot of, lot of programs and beautiful programs to help people, you know, to do something better with our lives. And we really appreciate all the work that you're doing. And not only that you're doing it with love and care and professionalism, but you're doing it for free in most of the programs, which is Blessing and opportunity that everybody should take advantage of. So I really appreciate the time, Samantha Norbert, for the Jewish Family Service Calgary to be with us in the Silver Shakes podcast today. Thank you so much, Erica. It's been great to chat with you today. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Until next week, remember, you can listen to our podcast in the website, silvershades.ca. You can also go to Open House Senior Center website you can listen to this podcast as well in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and on our website. Thank you for listening to us and stay tuned until next week. Thank you for listening to Silver Shades Podcast. This podcast is available every Thursday at 3 p.m. with interesting topics and conversations for you. If you have any comments or want us to cover a particular topic, please refer to the contact form on the website silvershades.ca. You can find Silver Shades podcast on the website silvershades.ca, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Google Podcast. Remember, your experience and voice are important and make of the world a better place. Until next week.